Welcome to the Mind Body Health Podcast for women over the age of 40. This podcast brings you valuable and proven strategies and tips to live life above the wellness line. And these tips can be implemented immediately so you can step into each day with confidence, energy, and passion. And now, your host and Amazon number one best-selling author, Phylex Fitness Industry Speaker, Mind Body Health Coach, and founder of Personal Fitness for Women. Please welcome Louise Skeen. Well, hello again and thank you for joining me. And look, today's topic is one that's obviously extremely close to me because I'm talking about me and I'm talking about something I have never, ever, never, ever shared with anybody else. And that is that I used to have an eating disorder. And that is why I do what I do today. And that is to to speak with women and, and I really do relate with women who um, who are trying to lose weight and who are trying to be the best versions of themselves and are struggling because of either mind, body or health. And that is why I am a mind, body, health coach. So I wanna give you a little bit of a backstory and, uh, and so you have a good understanding as to, to why I do what I do and I hope you have an appreciation for that too and who knows, I might just you know, hit an area in your life that you're able to reflect on as well and say, well, you've got a better understanding now as to why maybe you might be struggling to lose weight or be a better version of yourself, even though you're trying really hard to, to do that and to achieve, but you seem to find that you might be falling you know, falling off the wagon or just, you know, going so far and then finding that the boulder gets put in front of you and you don't know where to go next. And so, you know, we all come across these obstacles in life. So look, I, I just want to share with you that I started in the fitness industry at a very young age of 14. Um, there was no fitness industry when I started. So I think that really needs to be set in, in place right now because I think it was around five years after I, I started you know, teaching fitness classes, um, which was all off the top of my head, that's the only thing we had to go by, um, or, or VHS um, videos that we used to have that we'd uh, you know, pop into our, our television VCRs or whatever they were called back then, and then that's what we used to follow. And then I used to go out and actually teach what it is that I used to uh, see on those videos, because again, there was no regulation, there was no fitness industry. So they were the great old days. No, not because there was no industry, but even when the industry was formed, um, they were such exciting days. Now we're talking the very late 70s, early 80s, like right through the 80s and right through the 90s that I really was full on into this fitness industry aerobics world and it was the lycra and it was the traveling to Sydney for classes and you know you'd do four, five, six hours of classes and sweating and, and, and conversations and it was just so exciting and the music the music had me captivated, you know, just the beat of 4-4 time and being able to choreograph steps. I mean, can you imagine? It was just sensational. But on top of that, you know, I I started at a young age of eight. I was dancing and I was doing jazz ballet under Marilyn Jones here in Newcastle. And, and I was, you know, just loving that, that world of music. That was really my, my foot 
in the door of, of loving loving that world of music and, and choreography but then to be able to step into it at the age of 14 15 16 all the way through to my late 20s and um, you know and, and even later than that but but to be able to then teach it myself you know put the put the steps to the music and and find my own music and and have 120 people turn up on a Saturday morning to my class and and look out I felt like a rock star so you can imagine how exciting it was for me and so along with that you know I thought I was doing really great and traveling along and I was I was having an awesome time you know but but I guess you know, the, the addiction got in there because I was teaching up to four classes a day. And when those endorphins release in your body, now endorphins are something that, they feel good hormones. And so they release in your body when you're actually active. And, um, and so I was getting that injection of feel good hormones. And so I wanted more, I wanted more. So, you know, there were days where, where I couldn't get to the gym or I couldn't stay and do two, three, or even four classes in a row. And I used to actually sit in a corner and cry if I couldn't go. Um, so it started to, you know, when I reflect back on it, it was like I was in a place that was not really very healthy back then. But what I want to share with you is to, to again, even though I've shared with you the excitement of the industry, um, I was suffering psychologically. And, and psychologically because of the, the diet industry that was so big back then. It was, you know, you may remember it. You may remember that you, you would never buy a magazine. You know, there were TV ads on all the time and all they ever spoke about was the next diet, the next diet. You'd buy a magazine and sometimes there would be three or even four diets in one magazine one magazine promoting that many diets for women to go on and I'll say women because we were the ones that were always about body image men not so much so it was very much women and in the gym that I used to work in and I used to manage um, it was a very large gymnasium here in my hometown but but you know I was I was just there from 6 a.m. in the morning till 7 or 8 p.m. at night and it was all about diet and body image and, and being the best version, what we thought was the best version of ourselves back then, but it was actually not very healthy whatsoever. So everyone was exchanging notes, everyone was glaring at each other, everyone was making comparisons with each other. Even though we may not have even said that, we were definitely doing that. So there was a lot of that, you know, checking everyone out, checking everyone out, checking yourself out, and always that negative self-talk came in because of course we were never good enough. But my, my issue, even though it stemmed from there, was really reinforced, and I'm not, not really laying blame, but I, I have to be very truthful about it. Um, I met a, a, a lovely young guy who, you know, I, I met at late 14, early 15, and of course he was a secret, I couldn't tell anybody. I had a boyfriend, but I was really chuffed. And of course, when you've got your first love, you think it's your love um, of your life, and he was the love of my life because it, it went on for 13 years, this relationship, but the relationship was sabotaged from the onset because as much as you know, I know he loved me and, and I loved him, what he was doing was telling me, telling me very, very regularly that I was fat. And he was telling me I was overweight and fat and ugly and I needed to do more with my body. 
And I remember I used to come home some, some nights from working really long hours, and but still loving what I was doing. But again, you know, when you're 14, 15, 16, 17, 20, whatever the age is, you can just imagine you know, we, we all want to fit in, we, we all want to be, you know, we want to be accepted. And this is where the psychology behind, um, you know, whether it's an eating disorder that I've told you about, or whether it's, you know, the fact that you can't lose weight or stick to something, uh, it often comes from something that someone said to us or something that was done to us, whether it by ourselves or from us or from somebody else. So with all that negativity that was being said to me, you know, it wasn't every day, but it was certainly, look, it, it was a couple of times a month. I was, I was basically put on a check. It was like, check, I've told her that she doesn't look good or she needs to fix this or her thighs are too fat. And I got told that quite a bit and they were solid. Look, I'm going to tell you, they were absolutely solid because I was teaching aerobic classes, up to four classes a day. And of course, it was all high impact back then. Jumping and star jumps and push-ups and everything was going on. I was chunky. I wasn't fat. Now on reflection, I wasn't fat. But of course, I believed it. Because you know what happens is you, if you get those voices in your head now or even back then, the more those voices come in, the more you believe them. Now you know that's a fact, it's an absolute fact. So of course the voices were coming in and I was getting it from the outside as well, I was being told. So I believed it, I believed I was fat. But I look back on photos now and I think, oh my goodness, I, there was nothing wrong with me. But of course again at that age that's what we think and that's what we're led to believe. So that was really, a, a greater you know push towards the psychology downfall that I was the spiral that I was in so it got to the point again that that body image was the ultimate I, w I was up on stage I was teaching you know 80 to 120 people sometimes three or four hours a day and, and it was happening six days a week you know I had an image I was teaching 30 classes sometimes 30 hours of fitness, of jumping up and down and fitness, okay, I was young, I could do it, I could not possibly do it now in my 50s, but, but oh my goodness, I mean, you can, can you just see how damaging that can be? And, and you all have possibly a story of your own, but just sharing mine with you right now makes me realise just how crazy this was. So then I fell into bulimia. It just became a sickness for me for years and I hid it. And I've now exposed that to you, that I was bulimic. I used to eat and then I used to go immediately and throw it all up. I just did not want to have anything on my body. And I guess, even though I wasn't really thinking about it at the time, I wanted to be seen to be eating and I wanted to be able to be accepted to be able to go out for dinners with people and, and sit with the, at the family table or whatever it might be. But I just knew that if I kept that food in my body, or I thought if I kept that food in my body, I was going to get fat. And then of course, my then fiance was just going to give me a harder time. And of course those voices in my head were going to scream at me, you're stupid, how could you eat? Why were you doing this to yourself? You're too fat already, stop eating. And off it went you can just imagine it so it actually makes my heart pound right now just thinking about it it's just um it's a, it's a very cruel situation to be in so 
So anyway, it's 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 what I it's why I do what I do today. It's why I am a mind body health coach today. You know, I I, I after 13 years of being with that partner, um, I found somebody that accepted me for who I am. And that person is my husband today. And he loves me every bit of me, no matter what, <laughs> no matter what. So, so it's important to, um, to be truthful to yourself. It's important to, to love who you are. And, and it doesn't matter if you're, what size you are on the scale. It really doesn't matter because you know what I found? What I found is once you get happy within yourself, and I'm not saying you're not happy, but once you find that happy place of acceptance, once you realize that there is no judgment from you or your head talk, and nobody else has the right to judge you on the outside, which is what I came to that realization, and where I stand today in my adult self, I realize that if somebody was to say something negative to me now, and I know this happens on social media all the time, and this is why, people are being bullied all the time and you know it's another passion area of mine that I I will be exploring down the track but but you know when when people say things to you or you hear them say it to somebody else or if they were to say it to me right now I just don't care I really don't care I am so strong with where I stand with who I am and what I do and how I can help other people and how I believe in myself, that no words can take that away from me. And, and that is an empowerment position that I want, I desperately want to instill on people. And so that is why I do what I do. That is why I love what I do. And if I can help you, if I can help women anywhere in Australia or in the world, find themselves, find their truth where they stand that is my empowerment back that's back giving back to society that's what it's all about so so that's what it is that's what i do that is my story thank you for listening to my story today it's been a it's an emotional one for me to have to dig up the deep and sometimes it's just the healthiest thing to be able to do is to dig deep find out where your truth lies where are, are there any hurts in there are there things that have stopped you from moving forward things that are said or done and you know what, you've got to be able to go back and forgive and that's what I've done. I've gone back, not to that person that did that to me, but I've forgiven them in my heart and my head. And should I meet that person one day again, I would have no animosity because I know it came from a place of him wanting me to be the best version. And he told me, he told me when I used to go home and cry to him saying, why? Why do you, why do you say that to me? Um, you know, am I that bad? He used to say to me, I, I do this so you stay looking as good as you are. It's just such a wrong perspective for him to have done, but it, it's something I forgive. And once I've forgiven, you know, it just all falls away. And that's where again, everything falls into place. So that's my story. Thank you for listening. And again, if I can help you in any way, send me a comment, send me a comment, comment. Let me know that I can help you because I know, and I think I can. So thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now.